Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. Give somebody a handshake or a high five before you sit down and, and just tell them how good they look. Got your winter clothes out. Everybody's got your winter clothes out. Nice. Got to finally break out the back of the closet and then find your seat. Welcome, welcome. Good to see you guys. So, uh, man, I'm excited. I, obviously, you figured that out. You're like, wow, this guy's excited this morning. I am excited. I'm excited to bring the word. It's such a privilege. It's a privilege and a responsibility. You know that, right? Like, it's a privilege, but it's also a burden because I know how serious and I know how important it is that as I bring this message, as I bring this word to you, um, that, uh, you know, it's not all on me, obviously. It's the Holy Spirit leading, but I have to be dependent on the Holy Spirit, you know, and I have to make sure that my heart's right and prepared to share this word for you. And, and I don't take it for granted, the fact that you wake up and that you make the sacrifice and that you come and you choose to be here on a Sunday morning. I don't at all. And so I just want to say thank you for making Renew Church your home. And uh, man, if as Mikey says, if you haven't taken next steps to be a part, to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose to make a difference. Let's do that. Like join starting point today. Come be a part of that. Learn a little bit more about us. We've been in this series for the last couple of weeks called This Is Us and a couple of weeks, a couple of months, actually. I'm sorry. Forgive me for that. Just talking about all these core values. Um, and, and I won't go into all of them. You can go to our website and you can find it on the About Us. You can see every single one of them that we talked about. You can also listen to every one of those messages online by going to Renew.Miami. Last week we talked about we give irrationally. And we just kind of emphasized that because um, generosity, it's, it's, uh, it's a state of mind. It's not a social status. Like you, you don't have to be rich. You can be actually rich uh, and be greedy and you can be very generous. Is this one better? You can be generous. This one's louder a little bit. Turn that down a little bit. Generous, uh, but poor, impoverished. You know that? But you can be generous, and, and it doesn't matter. So it's a state of mind, not a status. And, uh, man, I got to hear from a few of you that took the, the, the generosity envelopes this last week. Uh, I was hearing from my friend Cinda, who was uh, the very next day, she was out at Walmart, and she was ministering. I mean, she wasn't ministering. She was shopping, and this guy came up to her and said, hey, I'm a veteran. It was Veterans Day, and she, he started telling her story, and he was like, would you buy me something? And, and so she did. She, she bought him some groceries and stuff like that, and then the Holy Spirit just kind of spoke to her and said, why don't you uh, give this man that $20? envelope that you have and and so she just set him aside called him aside and just spoke into his life and encouraged him and handed him that money and and man it blessed me like what an amazing amazing thing Cinda thank you for that my friend Linda I got to hear from her she texted uh, later in the week and let the whole Renew crew, she wasn't even here last Sunday, but she was at small group on Thursday. So she caught up on the message and found out a little bit about it. And she had her envelope because we had an extra one and I gave it, uh, we gave it to her and, and she was there at the corner and there was the guy uh, at the corner selling flowers. And she was like thinking to herself, that's not the guy. That's not the person I'm supposed to give it to. So she drove on past. And then she came back around because God said, no, that's the guy. That's the guy. And so she circled back around and 
gave the man the $20 gift with the invitation to Renew Church. That's what it's all about, Linda. Thank you for that. Thank you for being a part of that. For us, we had a couple extras. We had one, and, and Misty had a couple that she gave away. And, and I had one that I was hanging on to, and it was last night late. Got home uh, late from, from uh, hanging out and having dinner with the family in the church last night. And I was like, man, I can't, kick, I can't go through a Sunday with, with a card, with, with money. I've got to get rid of this. I've got to be a steward of this. I've got to give it away. So I took it, and we took our dog for a walk late last night, about 9.30 last night. And I was like, Lord, help me. Help me to find the right person. And we were in our dog park right there down the street from my house, and there was this car, and there was a funny smell coming from the car, and I was like, no, I'm not going to give it to that person. I, I judged that person a little bit, so I didn't give it to that person, but I was like, Lord, and I really, I didn't feel like I was supposed to give it to that person. Um, the smell was marijuana, by the way. That's the smell I was talking about. If you're like, what's the smell? Um, but then I... I um, I was walking along. I was like, Lord, but I have to get rid of this. I have to have somebody. It's 930 at night. There's nobody on the street. Everybody's inside. But I remembered that we just had a brand new neighbor um, down the street just on the other side of our house. And I was like, let's just walk down that street. We never walk down the street. Let's just walk down the street. And sure enough, we get down just a couple doors down. And the garage door is wide open. And I'm passing. And there's the front door is wide open. And they're kind of moving some stuff in and putting some furniture together. And it's Marcos and Sylvia. And I was like, oh, awesome. And I have this envelope. And uh, I, I say, man, listen, I'm a pastor. The, our church is Renew Church. And we're just down the road. And I, you know, I don't know if you really need this, but I just want to bless you with this and, and give this to you, and, and, and I just feel like I'm supposed to. And they were so thankful for that, and they were really, really excited about it. And I believe that that's a seed sown into their life. Maybe they didn't have to have the $20 to buy their next meal. It might not have been one of those things. But just to know that there's a church that loves them and cares about them, and maybe they will take that $20, and maybe they will pay it forward. That could be the thing that's going to happen. I don't know, but it's just being obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's what we want you to do. We want you to be generous with what you have, but not compulsively, as the Apostle Paul says, but as the Holy Spirit, as God leads you to be a generous and cheerful giver. Okay, so it's already 1110, and i got to move fast on a message. Um, I, I, I'm talking about a message this morning. I'm talking a little bit about bad news and good news. I hate bad news, just to be honest with you. I just don't like it. I'm that kind of person that, that I just can't stand bad news. And I'd rather you just not tell me. Or make sure that you time it right. Make sure that I'm not like going through a lot of other things right in the midst of telling me something. I don't know if anybody knows what I'm talking about, but... Um, there are people in my life that when they call, I know it's not going to be good news. Anybody have someone like that? Anybody you're just like, oh, great. There's, this is the call. Here it is again, right? There are certain names that pull up on my caller ID, and when they do, my blood pressure spikes. Promise you it's no one here. Promise you it's not Renew Church. But I have this duplex rental property down in Homestead, and, and I put a new bathroom in it a couple of years ago, and I, when we were putting a new bathroom in it, I said to the plumber, I said, listen, we've had some problems. We've had a blockage every once in a while, like it just stops up, so before we install the new tub and the new tile, please figure out why that blocks every about two months, please, and he said, no, no problem, Trevor, not a big deal. I'll take care of it, and so sure enough, um, <sighs> We put in the new tub. We put in the tile. It looks great. 
But every 30 to 45 days, I get this call. And, and every 30 to 45 days, I have to run. And so I had to actually buy my own to do this. I have to run a mechanical snake into the drain to drain this out. And every 30 to 45 days, almost like clockwork, it, that thing blocks up. And I get like this this anxiety, not that it's hard, not that I don't know what the problem is, but just that every time I have to go down there and fix that thing when Margarita's name or Paul's name shows up on my caller ID. That's just the way that is. I'm not the type of person that loves bad news. I don't know about you, but bad news does sell like it really does. Have you noticed that? I was watching part of a news program that talked about uh, the grocery store news rack magazine, the one that's been around for the last 60, 70 plus years. You know which one I'm talking about? The National Enquirer. Yes, you guys are like, I don't know if I want to admit that I know the name of that. The National Enquirer, right? And um inquiring minds want to know, right? When they're standing in line at the grocery store, inquiring minds want to know about Elvis and JFK and OJ and Diana and Oprah and Brittany and the Clintons and Tom Cruise and Brad and Angelina and Jay-Z and Kanye and last but not least, President Trump. They want to know. That's what they want to know. They want to know what's going on. They want to know about alien abductions. They want to know everything that happens. And, and the magazine is all about bad news and making you want for more. It's never a good news story, is it? That's not the National Enquirer. You can get, I don't know, some other paper. I don't know if any paper sells good news. But that, that one definitely is not the one that you're going to find for good news. And why? Because bad news sells. That's the point. That's the purpose. And that's how they've been like such an amazing, successful magazine uh, for the last 70 plus years. And as if there isn't enough bad news going on in our world today, like I'm not a person that loves bad news, but it just it's just part of our life, right? These mass shootings happening. There was another one this week. Uh, unemployment in our, in, our, in our world today. Divorce statistics, loneliness, depression, abortion, all of these things that happen in our world and in our personal lives. And it's just, it's bad news all the way around us. I'm not a person that loves bad news, but that's what we're dealing with today in our day and age. But there is good news. And that good news is Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right. There is good news, and that good news is Jesus. And that's the title of my message this morning. That's the title of this core value that I'm preaching on this morning is, is that we preach good news. We preach good news. And my text this morning is Luke chapter 24, starting at verse 13. Luke chapter 24, starting at verse 13, and this is entitled, On the Road to Emmaus. Okay, so this is kind of a lengthy passage of Scripture. I'm going to read it with you, and uh, you guys can follow along either on your phones, on your Bible, or on the screen there in front of you. Now, the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. Okay, They were talking with each other about everything that had happened, and this was all bad. Everything that they were talking about was bad news. And as they talked and they discussed these things with each other, and I'll tell you in a minute what these things are, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. There was like a veil over their eyes. I don't know if you've ever heard that before described about people or, or um, you know, people that don't know Christ. Sometimes there's, there's this description of people that, that have this veil over their eyes. And Jesus asked them, he asked them, he said, what are you discussing together as you walk along? 
they stood still. Like they literally stopped walking with their faces downcast. You can imagine, right? You see this like uh, scowl on their face. They stopped what they were doing. And Cleopas said to him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened these days? Like literally, they stopped, they looked at this guy, and they're like, are you like ignorant? Or are you just like coming out from under, do you live in a rock, under a rock? What's going on with you? And he says, what things? I think sometimes God asks us things like that, not for the answer for himself. He knows the things. I mean, he is the, he is the thing, but for you. It's the kind of commitment that, that sometimes has to be happen, happen for us. Like, like, I know Jesus is Lord, but is Jesus Lord of your life? Like, the question isn't, is he Lord? Yes, he is Lord, but is he Lord of your life? So he asks them this question, what things? And they say about Jesus of Nazareth. And then here comes the bad news. They say he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. And the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. And they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one that was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In other words, like... Hope is fading fast. He died three days ago. This is Sunday. He died Friday. It's not looking good. In addition, verse 22, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. And they came and told us they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But they did not see Jesus he, Jesus, being the one that's, they don't know it's him yet, but he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. In other words, he stopped what he was doing and he began to give them the good news, starting with the gospel from the very beginning, from creation. The gospel not just being of death and resurrection of the Messiah, but from the very beginning, the gospel that goes back to the creation of man. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in and he stayed with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it and began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and they returned at once to Jerusalem. And there they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. And then the two of them told him what had happened and how Jesus recognized, was recognized by them when he broke the bread. This is God's word, and we're thankful for it. Man, I want you to get something from this message. I want you to, to, to take this passage of Scripture as our primary text, and I want you to apply a few things into your life. Number one, what I've already said, the title of this message is, is that we preach 
good news. The gospel is good news. In a world full of bad news, in a world full of just despair and desperation and heartbreak and brokenness and crime and hurting one another, where you find there's no hope for us and we're in this desperate position longing for something to satisfy, that's exactly where these followers were. They were going the wrong way. As if to say, like, in, in fact, they left Jerusalem, literally, they had left Jerusalem, the place where Jesus was supposed to be and where, where, uh, where he had died. And they had might have been, like, figuratively, not just literally, but figuratively beginning to leave their faith. Hope was fading fast. As I said, it had been three days. They don't know what's going on. They don't know what happened to their Messiah. They don't know what happened to their leader. So they're thinking to themselves, I don't know if I even believe anymore. Hope was fading fast. And they were leaving Jerusalem and maybe even leaving their faith. And that's where sometimes the world is. That's sometimes where our society is. That's where sometimes maybe your own family, maybe your own children are, your spouses are. They're, they're leaving their faith. They're giving up because of all the bad news around them, because of all the despair and the heartache. They're just like, you know what? Ah, God doesn't really care about me. God doesn't really care about my situation or my circumstances. And these followers were brokenhearted by the bad news that Jesus, their leader, their hope, their savior, he was dead. But, a Jesus, but Jesus had appeared in their bad news to bring them the hope of the gospel in the following four moves. Here's the following four moves that I want you to see that Jesus brings to us. Throughout scripture, in this passage of scripture, but throughout scripture, and here it is. Number one is the, the, the move called creation. How many of you know God created us in, in um, his image to be in relationship with him? He gave us dominion over everything. He gave us all uh, uh, control over all of the animals. And in the creation account, it's this beautiful picture of like just everything working together. Like just the animals enjoying one another and being friends and, and, and uh, just, man, just being able to enjoy everything about creation. It doesn't toil like it, ha it is today. And there's two good chapters before it all goes south. I don't know how many chapters are in the, all of the Bible, but like two pages of the 1,500 pages are beautiful and amazing, and then all of a sudden something happens in that third chapter. But the next move was not God's move. The next move was our move. The first move was God's move. He created us to be in relationship with him. He created us in his image. He created us to experience and enjoy all of his creation and everything that he made for us. But then the next move, just two chapters later, was the fall. This serpent comes to the woman who then later speaks to the man. and He says, surely, uh, did God really say not to eat from any tree in the garden? You won't surely die, for your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God. You see, the fall is a picture of man trying to become God. And it's the picture of the problem that we have still today. It's ironic that we were created in the image of God, but yet we're constantly making idols that we can bow down to. Idols of gold, of success, of power, of greed, of lust for more. Never satisfied with what we have. And we live in this fallen state. That's the world that we live in. I don't know if you've ever heard that before, but we live in a fallen world. We have a fallen 
nature. In other words, it's natural to sin. That's just our nature, to sin, to do evil and harm to one another. You don't have to, and I've said this before, but you don't have to teach a baby how to be selfish. You don't have to teach a baby how to hit. No one taught them that. They just figure it out quickly on their own. That's because it's in their nature, and they're born that way. But there's a third move. So the first move is creation. The second move of the gospel is the fall, which was our move. The third move was God's move. He moves again, and it's rescue. The third move is rescue. Jesus came to be our rescue. He died on the cross, and three days later, he shows up to people walking the wrong way, and he begins to show us, those two that were there, those followers that were there, plus each and every single one of us, his way. And after declaring the message and having a meal, these followers were, their eyes were opened, and they realized they had been with the Lord. But it wasn't until their eyes were opened and, and they had that meal, they broke bread together, that they saw Jesus. And as soon as they see Jesus, he disappears from their sight. And they asked this really interesting question. They asked this question, wasn't our heart burning? And I'm going to close with that at the end of the message. Is your heart burning? Is your heart burning? Because that's the thing that happens that we have to... Sometimes I forget when I'm trying to like work this thing up called church, when I'm trying to organize this thing called uh, Renew and all of our ministry and fellowship and discipleship and all these things, I'm trying to do it on my own. And I have to remember that there's something happening inside of the hearts of the people that we're ministering to. And I need to stop like trying to grab a hold of it and figure it out on my own and believe that God is doing something. There's a burning in the hearts of the people that's God's calling. Is your heart burning today? Is your heart burning today for something that God wants to do in and through you? If it is, just let him do it. Stop trying to do it on your own. The Holy Spirit is preparing the way in people even when their eyes are closed. Even when they can't see, they can feel that something is happening. Jesus came to rescue us from our sin so we could be forgiven and to trade our sin for his righteousness. Amen? That's called justification. It's a big Christian word that just means that he is trading our sin, unrighteousness, our brokenness, our shame, our guilt, all the stuff that we've done in our past. He's trading it for his sacrifice, for his death. He is the sacrifice for us. And if you've repented and you've turned from your sin and declared Jesus is king, not just of the world, not just of an album that's popular right now, but if you've declared Jesus is king of your life, then when God looks at you, he doesn't see your sin. When God looks at you, he doesn't see your past. When God looks at you, he doesn't see your failures or your temptations or your struggles. You know what God sees? He sees Jesus. And when he sees Jesus, guess what he does? He smiles. Amen. That's what it's all about. He came to rescue you. And because he came and he traded places with you, man, when God looks at you, he doesn't look at you with disdain, but he looks at you with pride and satisfaction. And he has an overwhelming sense of joy and approval over you. Some people see God as this judge. Ready to pound his gavel. 
But I need you to see God as Father, as Abba. Uh, Daddy is the word for that. Like, I need you to see him as, as the one that you can feel safe with. And the one that you can go to for anything and everything. I need you to see God as the one that cares about every detail of your life. That's a big part of the gospel story. That God isn't here just to judge you, just to condemn you. But if you've received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then like, He is pleased with you. So there's the third, that's the third move. So it's the creation, then there's the fall, our move, and then there's rescue on Jesus' part. And then, and keys come on back. But um, the, the fourth move is, because it doesn't just end with rescue. There's a fourth move, and it's renewal. Aren't you glad that, like, when, when something happens, like, you're, you're in a pool and, and you're struggling to, 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 to swim or whatever the case may be. And they throw you a life raft or they throw you a, a lifesaver. And they jump in and they pull you out of the pool and they, they, they get you up on the, on, the, on the concrete and on, on dry land. And they, they resuscitate the person or whatever the case may be, dry, dry them off and everything. But then they don't just throw them back in the water and say, try again. They rescue you. And then they restore you. That's not the best analogy. That's not the best illustration. Like, and I, don't, I, I struggle to try and figure out the best illustration, but it's beyond rescue. And it's even better than new. I, I, don't, I don't really know how to describe that. But at Renew Church, we talk about helping people to know God. And that's important to come to know and in, in relationship with God, to know Him, but then not just to know Him, but then to find freedom. Because sometimes you're still, even though you have a relationship with God, you're still trying to settle your yesterdays. You're try, trying to deal with some past hurts or hang-ups. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a sin. Maybe it's a bad relationship. And we at Renew Church talk about helping you know God and then find freedom. And then discover your purpose. Because we know that there's more to life than just living, getting up, going to work. Uh, paying your bills, going to bed, doing it again and again and again for 80 years or 100 years or whatever God gives you. There's more to life than that. So we say that God has called us to know God, find freedom, discover purpose so that then we can make a difference. You see, the, the good news is that Jesus came to earth to die in our place for our sins, for our guilt, and for our shame. He came to set us free and forgive us of sin, and not just the surface of sin, but the sin beneath the sin. It's like the difference, and this is the only way that I've been able to come up with it, it's like the difference between um, just a car wash when the car gets a little bit, you know, muddy, and, and a total restoration. Like, that's what renewal is. Like, yes, you're, you're, you're getting cleaned. But even better than that, like, you're better than new. Like, have you ever seen these people that have so much money, they don't know what to do with it, so they take the car right off the factory floor with everything in it's brand new, but they take the seats out and they put custom seats. And, and they take the radio out and they put custom radio. And they take the speakers out and they put custom. Like, everything is better than new. Now, that's crazy that you would do that to waste that good stuff, but that's what God does in you. Makes you even better than new. So not only does he restore you, I mean rescue you, but he wants to renew you and do a restoring work 
in your life. That's the message of the gospel. From beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelation, all throughout Scripture, you can find the gospel account. You can find man uh, in relationship with God, choosing his own way, falling, and then God redeeming and restoring, rescuing and renewing. And that's the message that's still happening in your life today. Which move are you in? Which move are you in? You've all been created. You're at least to that move. You've all fallen because Scripture says it, Romans chapter 6, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So you've all fallen. You're all at least at step two. But let me ask you, where are you in this? Have you moved to step three? Have you been rescued? Have you allowed the, the Jesus to take your place? Is it when the God sees you, does he see Jesus and smile? Has he rescued you? And it's my hope and it's my prayer that you have, that you've turned your life into his hands and asked him to, to be Lord of your life, to be your savior. I pray that he's rescued you. And maybe that's for many of you that is the case. But let me ask you, have you made that fourth move yet? Have you been renewed? Have you been tr like transformed? Like better than new? Because that's an opportunity that you have even today. And that's the gospel. That's the good news for all of us today. Real change. I think we have this on the screen. Real change starts with new life, not just a new leaf. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Like, I've heard that before, that little saying, I'm turning over a new leaf. What's a new leaf? I don't even know what a new leaf is. But like if, if you're just saying like I have this one little leaf of me that means I'm a Christian, like come on, man. Give God more. He deserves more than that. A new leaf? Real change starts with a new life. Whole new tree. Allow God to do that in you. Ephesians chapter 4, it says, but thou... That it, but that is not how you learned about the Messiah, assuming you heard him and were taught by him, because the truth is in Jesus. You took off your former way of life, the old man that is corrupted by deceitful desires. You've taken it off. It's not just throwing on a new leaf. You're being renewed in the spirit of your mind, and you put on the new man, the one created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity on the truth of the truth. So, real change starts with a new life, not just a new leaf. And the second thing is, is real change is letting go and grabbing hold. Real change is letting go and grabbing hold. That's a little confusing too, I'm sure. But we have this verse at Renew Church, and it's based on this, what's on our wristbands. And if you've never gotten one of these, they're at the welcome table. I can't get it out of my sleeve. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. That's where renews, like, that's our life verse. That's our church's kind of theme verse. And then verse 18 says, All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, 
and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Like, in other words, it's letting go, letting go of the old way, letting go of the old life, but then it's grabbing hold of this ministry of reconciliation, this ministry of restoration, this life that God wants to not only do in you, but in those around you in your neighborhood. I say it all the time. I'm a pastor and I'm the pastor of Renew Church, but man, my influence, it's not as good as your influence. It's not as big as your influence. They won't listen to me like they'll listen to you. Why? Because you are, like you walk with them. You sweat with them. You live with them. You neighbor them. Like you, they see you and they know you. Me, I'm just a talking head. Like you have the opportunity and you've got to grab a hold of that opportunity to be a reconciler. You're a part of this. It's letting go, but then it's grabbing hold of this new thing that God wants to do in you. So in other words, you're not just rescued, but now you are a rescuer. Amen? What an amazing thing. What an awesome opportunity. Like you are a part of this gospel message and you have the ability, in fact, the commission, you've been commissioned to do it, to go and to make disciples, to carry that message so that when Jesus saw those two walking the wrong way, he stopped, he told them the gospel, he reminded them everything that they were to do, and then he disappeared only to appear a little bit later and then say, listen, all authority has been given to me. Go and make disciples and baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Doing these things. Why? Because you are a reconciler. We carry this news to a lost and dying world. And it's a a world full of bad news. And we are the only ones with real good news. And again, it's a privilege and a responsibility. Just like preaching this message. It's a privilege and a responsibility. I hope you're willing to take it to a lost and dying and bad news world. This morning, I'm going to close with a call and uh, and, and an invitation. What's an invitation or what's a call? Like, In other words, it's a response. I'm not just giving like speeches. If it was a speech, it, it would just be like, you know, Here's the, 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 the verses. Here's the Bible lesson today. Go home. Have a great day. A message or a sermon requires a response. So I give something and then you say yes or you say no. Or you say not now. Whatever it is. But it is a response. Whether you say yes, no, or not now. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm fixing to give you this call. And so my message this morning is... is, is um, as, as you think about this, these four moves of the gospel, creation, fall, rescue, restoration, the question is, is where, you, where are you today? Man, I hope to goodness that you've been rescued, but if you haven't, what, what better day than this? If you've been rescued, but you haven't been restored and you're not living in that, that like new creation life and you're, you're just kind of a new leaf, I want to challenge you to be a new life. I want to challenge you to let go and grab hold. I want to challenge you to let go of the old and the, the broken things in your life that just aren't working and grab hold of the things that God has for you. 
I want to challenge you to move from just being rescued, just sitting on the on the, 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 the poolside, just barely alive and thanking God that he saved you to now becoming a lifesaver, to being somebody that's doing the restoring work. So my question for you is, is, is your heart burning today? Is your heart burning today? Is God speaking to you today? If it is, man, then it's time to respond. There's another theological term. It's repentance. Repentance, um, if, if you don't know what it means, it's more than I'm sorry. Like, I, I try, to, try to, like, hit this home with my girls. If they're, so, if they're repentant, when, when they do something evil to each other, to one daughter, to the next, if, if the big one hits the little one, and then she goes, I'm sorry, Macy. And then like seven minutes later, she hits her again. She's not repentant. She's sorry, but she's not repentant. She might only be actually sorry that she got caught or that she's sorry that she's about to lose her phone for a month or whatever the case may be, but she's not repentant. You know what's going to make her repentant is if she hits Macy she realizes what she did and she's like, Macy, I'm sorry. And then she doesn't do it again. That's the difference between I'm sorry and repentance. Repentance is turning from your old ways. It's returning from your old life and saying, God, I choose to go the other way. Maybe you were walking to Emmaus and now God is calling you to walk back to Jerusalem. Maybe it's, he's calling you back to him and, and, and calling you to be a restorer, a, reconcile, a reconciler, to carry the message to someone else. Whatever that case may be, I'm praying that, man, God would do something in you because it's such a privilege, but it's also a huge responsibility. Would you stand with me? We're going to sing a song. Musicians, come up. And um, I, I didn't even coordinate with them. I don't even know what that final song is, but whatever that song is, man, it's just a spirit of prayer to think about, God, what is, where am I today? Where am I in this? And, and as God speaks to you, like, you don't have to say anything. Just listen to the voice of God. Let his heart burn in you. And uh, I mean, let, let him burn in your heart. And then at the end, I'm just going to give you an opportunity to respond with a hand raised, just saying, yes, Lord, to whatever it is he's calling you to. Maybe it's to be rescued for the very first time or a recommitment to Christ. Or maybe it's because you need to grab hold, let go and grab hold, and you need to become a restorer. Whatever the case may be, I'm going to give you that opportunity in just a minute. So just prepare your heart for that as we sing this song together. Can we do that?
Amen. Yeah, give, give God a round of applause. God's working. God's working in hearts today. Man, I feel it. I, I'm, I, I sense it. I know God's doing something in somebody's heart. If we did it all for one person, it's worth it. But I sense it. I sense that there's some people that have been doing, like, just doing church or doing life. And they know there's more to it. They've been walking the wrong way. And God's calling them to repentance, to turning. Like, repentance sounds like you're such a horrible person, so you need to repent. Uh, like, maybe you're not a bad person. Maybe you're a moral person, but, like, you just know there's something. God wants you to walk with Him. Stop walking away from Him. The message of the gospel, we preach good news. This isn't bad news. Don't be down. Like, be happy. Let me see you smile. Smile, everybody. Let me see you smile. The message of the gospel is for God so loved the world that whosoever, say you're a whosoever, I say I'm a whosoever, I'm a whosoever, that whosoever, that's all of us, believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life everlasting life like and, and I believe that everlasting life starts today like it doesn't start after you die like I think that everlasting and that abundant life it, it starts from the moment you turn over everything to him and you say God I give you my life I surrender myself to you I declare you as Lord and Savior like not only you're asking him to be your Savior to die on the cross for you because he is the, the perfect sacrifice for your sins not only is he your savior, but he's your Lord. That's another, that's not just a, a name for God. That's a title that we give to God to say, you are the, on the throne of my heart. There's only one throne. It's not multiple thrones. There's one throne. And you're taking yourself off of it. You're taking your spouse off of it. You're taking your kids off of it. You're taking your money off of it, your career or your lust or your passion or your addiction. You're removing it. And you're saying, Jesus is Lord. You declare him Lord. That's what he wants to do in you. That's what he's doing in somebody today. With, I guess we won't even bow heads today. We're just going to raise, raise hands if God's speaking to you. And if today you need to repent and turn towards him, and you need to start walking with him, declaring him as Lord, would you just lift your hand right where you're at? Amen. 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 Let's give a round of applause for these that are making decisions today. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. He is speaking. And he confirmed. Even the people that he was telling me, these are the ones that are God's talking to, he did it. Like, you raised your hand. So thank you. Thank you for being obedient. Thank you for being obedient. So God's doing a, 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 a rescuing work in some hearts today, but he also wants to do a restoring work. He wants to make you better than new. So maybe you've been living like, like, yeah, like you're just barely breathing, like you're just barely rescued, you know? Like, I'm a Christian, but I don't have any good news because everything around me is horrible and miserable. That's not what we preach. We preach good news, amen? We preach good news, amen? So like live a restored life. 
And if you're saying today, Pastor, that's me, and it's been me here in recent days. I've had these pity parties and these poor me moments where I, I look to uh, just life and I'm like, God, why is it not going as quickly or, or the way that I want it to? And I just start feeling down or discouraged. And God reminds me, no, 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 I want to do something in you and through you. And, and it starts with, with you before I can do it in your community and in your church. So God's restoring me. He's making me a minister of that reconciliation. I'm letting go and I'm grabbing hold. So if that's you today and you just, like, that resonates with you, would you just lift your hand and say, I want to be a restorer. I want to be a reconciler. I want to be on that side. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So let's pray together. We're going to pray, and this is a prayer of faith. Some of you already know what it means to pray this prayer of faith. If you do, you can pray it, um, you know, in your heart. If you need me to lead you, I'm just going to lead you, and you can just repeat it after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. Today, I, I uh, declare you as my Lord and my Savior. Today, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. God, I ask you to come into my life and make me brand new. God, I'm tired of living for myself, and I know there's more to life. I know that there's more to, 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 to the world than the bad news of the world, God, and I want to be a a messenger of good news. I want to declare it with my life, with my breath, with my words, with my actions. God, I want to make a difference in the world. So God, here and now, I ask you to be Lord and Savior of my life. I thank you that you died on the cross. And because you died for me, I live for you and I'm following you the rest of my life. God, I thank you for those that raised their hand. I thank you for those that made decisions today. I pray for those that are wanting to let go and grab hold, that are wanting to be reconcilers, that want to do the restoring work, God, of, of uh, helping others to see, God, and, and not only for, for them to um, help others, but for themselves, God, to be made, like, renewed, better than new, God. Do that in them. Remind them, oh God, that your work, God, in them can make them, like, give hope for the day, no matter the external circumstances, that they can be encouraged, that they can be lifted up, God, in spite of how dark the future seems, God, that there is light because of Jesus Christ walking with us. Open our eyes, oh God. Unveil our eyes, oh God. Thank you for the burning in the hearts of these, your people. Continue to work with us, I pray. Thank you for the gospel. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. Let's make some noise for our brothers and sisters who, who crossed that line from death to life. No, come on. They, they, they're alive now. They're alive. Heaven is going crazy right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, thank you, Pastor Trevor, for just a powerful message. Thank you for your obedience, man. We appreciate you. We appreciate you so much. Um, and now this is the time of our service where we worship God through giving up tithes and offerings. And I just want to remind you guys that after this, we do have starting points. So if you haven't done that, you feel that tugging in your heart, you want to get to know Renew Church a little bit better. Come and, come and hang out with us for a little bit after, after this. So let's just pray over the offering. God, we thank you for, for your blessings over us, God. 
even the ones that, that we look over, Father, and we don't appreciate God. We just thank you, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to gather together, Lord, and just praise your holy name, Lord. We thank you for saving us, God. But I pray that you bless this offering this morning, Lord, and continue to use it, Father, to, to change this community for your glory, Lord. Lord, I declare blessings over these people, Father, as they sacrifice for you, Lord. We know, Lord, that we can outgive you, God. So we just thank you for who you are, Lord. Be with these families for the rest of this Sunday, Lord, for the rest of the week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, uh, and we didn't do this, but listen, if you made a decision, because I know that I couldn't catch every name and every face, uh, but I, if you made a decision, please just fill out the connection card that was attached and give us this so that I can reach out to you. Maybe you filled it out before, but this is just so I know, hey, it's a fresh start today. Today's a brand new day. If you made that decision, do that today. Drop it in the box or see Mike. You're going to be at the welcome table getting the Christmas tree forms too, right? Okay. Thank you, guys. God bless you. You are dismissed.